0: was a really lovely day Um, in the life of our church uh, we got together with our leadership team and so when I use the words leadership team it's generally people that have uh, put their hand to the plough people that are leading something somewhere a department looking after kids could be could be anything like that and um, and we got together with those those leaders and 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 another another couple that we invited along for the simple For the simple reason, not of planning, because who knows that man can plan his steps, but God will order his ways. you know. At the end of the day, we can make all the plans we like, but God can turn them upside down in a heartbeat. So we got together to capture what God has been saying over the house for so long. Just really what he's been saying for so long. And listening to old prophetic words and reading prophetic words and putting them up on the screen. We just had an absolute... We had such a, a special day simply because when you're resting what God's saying over, the, over our house, or his house, our home, you just get to see where he's moving. You know, it was really quite exciting. And so we dreamed about a whole bunch of stuff. We dreamed about changing our church name. Um, and we will change our church name. I mean, we have to. The sign's falling off out the front. We may as well do it now. Yeah, like we don't have to be a rocket scientist to work that one out. You know, even when it came to the name, um, and we're still, we're still, we're we're still landing that one. But I think we're we're really close. We wanted to get something that captured who we are. Mount Clear Church of Christ tells us where we are and what denomination we are. Big deal. Like, how many people here started as a Church of Christ person? I didn't. Oh look, that's not even five percent. Like really. So denomination really doesn't mean a great deal. How many people actually put up your hand if you live in Mount Clare? Wow, there's four of us so <laughs> five. So that means location and denomination mean squat. They mean nothing. So we want to capture the prophetic destiny of the church. So we came to capture that and we had a beautiful day. And so that will outwork into the life of the church soon, yeah? We, we looked at the vision and got to go back and do that because we just ran out of time. And, but we, I, I want you to know that we just had a lovely time in God and are feeling exceptionally secure in what God's doing in this place. Yeah, Not for anything. There's just some wonderful people. And, and I, I just want to throw out there because I threw it out there yesterday. Our leadership team aren't special people. We are not special people. But when someone's actually sacrificing to lead something, we, we put together a, a what we call MELT to try to invest in them. So when we have a lunch or uh, have something on and we don't invite you, it's not because we don't like you and we love you, but all we're trying to do is to give something back to those that are, uh, are leading at the time. And seasons change. So some people uh, will lead something and be invited to those melt days, but then when they have a season like Jemima now, Jemima's just because of children, she's still involved with Kids Church but not overseeing it. She knows that unfortunately she doesn't come to melt anymore that's for those that are leading not because we love her less not because her voice is any quieter it's just the way it goes sometimes people don't always understand that you know they think that you pick favorites but you don't you're trying to invest into people just in the same way that we bless Sally this morning I just wanted to throw that out there because when you're new to church life some of it doesn't make sense sometimes you're you're like how do I get invited to that well, it's not because people are more special than you. It's just the season that they're in, where they're serving, what's happening. And so we try to invest in everyone as, as equally and as lovingly and as honestly as we can. Is that okay? Cool, good. Just needed to get that out there. So, ah, it was a good day. You need to go back to the message that disappeared off my screen because I swiped the wrong way. You don't, you don't want to hear last week's message um, because I didn't preach it, so I won't do it any justice. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep moving and stop talking. Let's pray, probably a good thing. Father, we just thank you for your heart. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. Where your presence is, there is fullness of joy. And Father, where there is fullness of joy, your joy shall be our strength. And it's in that place, Lord, that we can march into tomorrow, knowing that you have our back, that we are totally safe and secure in the arms of a loving God. To speak to us this morning, we pray. Challenge us. Do what you need to do, Father, that we may be shaped into the image of your Son with ever-increasing glory. And everybody said? Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, having gone through yesterday, I'm a little bit excited because the, the theme word that I, Mel and I really felt God gave us for the year was the word Reveal. Um, and not only did, did he give us that word for the year, I actually think it's part of who we are as a church. The sense where God reveals his sons and daughters. And once a son and daughter of God is revealed, they then reveal the Father to those that are around them. Um, the paintings that are on the wall, um, God's been speaking to me this morning. We've changed, because last year was seeing, so you had the eyes. But now we have two paintings that are uh, completely different to each other. But God wants to do something supernatural at the end of today. Um, And this is what these two are supposed to represent. And this has got nothing to do with my message. But just so that you know, we know that it says in Psalm 91 that those that are hidden, hidden in the shadows of the Almighty, they're covered by the feathers, you know, the, the NLT says, the feathers of God. Now, when you're going through something in life, you need to have revealed to your heart that you are hidden in God that you are in a safe place. And Grace didn't paint this on purpose, and some of you may not see what I'm going to point out. But apart from the angel and the feathers, if you have a look at the chest on the left side, um, you can actually make out a nose, lips, part of a face. That wasn't her intention when she painted it. If you look under the feathers here, you can vaguely see an eye, a part of a nose, etc., another face. That was a supernatural painting that happened she painted it, and I said, oh, there's two faces in there. She goes, no, there's not. I go, yes, there is. She goes, no, there's not. Yes, there is. God wants to reveal the reality that when you're going through life's stuff, that if you would just stop and rest in Him, you are totally secure. That has to be revealed into our hearts. But over here, he also wants you to know that he wants you to live a Christian life that brings glory to him. And sometimes we've got to step over the chicken line. We've got to move past comfort because comfort and complacency can actually be a demonic stronghold. And he wants you to know that when you're praying for someone, when you're stepping into your sphere of influence, that's what's right with you. That's who's with you. When you're laying hands on someone, you've got the king of kings right behind you, The enemy that you're praying against, yeah, let's just put it, we'll we'll throw it that way, is shait scared because that's all he sees when he looks at you. The king of kings, the lion of Judah, yeah? These are two very supernatural paintings that the meaning God wants to reveal into our hearts because they determine how we live our life, yeah? If you don't understand that you're safe in God, you'll always be defeated. If you don't understand that God's with you and that is the champion that goes with you then you'll never step over the chicken line to actually be the full son and daughter that God wants to reveal to the earth amen because his desire is to have relationship with us to commune with us to communicate with us to, to this backwards and forwards relationship you know it's not just us talking to him and it's not just him talking to us majority of us often talk to him and never stop to listen anyone else been there I can't hear you God I can't hear you and that still small voice says shut up Yeah. you know sometimes you've just got to rest long enough so that you can hear the short burst of God that changes everything it doesn't have to be a chapter of a Bible it doesn't have to be like some of those long prophetic words that you read online that take you three days you know God speaks succinctly to the point, straight to the heart, really quickly. Sometimes you just have to rest long enough to hear it. Yeah, that's His heart to speak to you. But often there's so many things going on around us that we we miss that still small voice because just life happens. Life grabs our attention, doesn't it? You know, we weren't going to have kids when we got married for five years, and on the second day you discovered you were pregnant. You know, oh, no, that's probably too soon. No, <laughs> no. Let's get that right, because we want to do it in the Christian context, yeah? Dang, I don't like it when my mathematics doesn't work. It's the second time this week. Anyway, life happens, relationships, you know. They're going really well one minute, they're nose diving the next. Or, you know, you've got a beautiful job, things are paid for, bills are good, and you lose your job for no reason, and now you can't pay your bills. And so life just throws these things at you. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, but they constantly, yeah, just distract you responsibilities in life distract you you know demands of school demands of sport I want to be a champion footballer my son will tell you well he goes training twice a week he wants to go down the oval in between that he he wants to train with the super duper group as well on top of that or so it just takes up time you know Uh, my niece who at the moment now is uh, somewhere in America where it's cold Nebraska, at the uni there. Uh, she's on a scholarship because uh, she's a hept- heptathlete. She's actually won two gold medals. She's represented Australia. Um, it's in the Battistella gene. and um, <laughs> True. Oh, you've got to see when I do a high jump. I'd, man, I get really high off the ground, let me do it. <laughs> anyway, um, my brother was taking her to practice four, four nights a week that and that's not her competition days anything in life good or bad just seems to distract us and take 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 time from us and the list can go on and on the problem with all of that is that we become so consumed by those things but more so the noise that they bring that we miss the still small voice yeah we miss God trying to speak to us in all of that and so we don't experience the peace that he wants to bring so we miss Papa, we miss Daddy, we miss Father God entirely. <laughs> and the sad part is that when it gets so noisy and busy, we actually miss what He's trying to do in us, for us and around us. That's the, that's the actual sad part, that we miss, we can miss our destiny. You know, often the things that are constantly happening in our lives, they're actually really opportunities for us to show God off. Yeah? To show people around us how wonderful how wonderful he is you know they're a chance for us to be like jesus i shared yesterday um, in our little leaders thing that our faith thrives in discomfort our faith, faith 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 our faith thrives oh my goodness get it thf thf it's really not all that hard is it our faith thrives in discomfort. Our faith thrives when it's challenged because otherwise it's not faith. It's, you know. But we get so focused and consumed by the things in life, in the things we're doing, that we miss the opportunity they present and we miss the opportunity to be like Jesus. And so I want to have a look at Acts chapter 3 because I just think there's some stuff that God wants to do today. He wants to, I reckon he wants to challenge us. He wants to call us out. He wants to do something supernatural, Yeah. So Acts 3 from verse 1, I'm going to read. And it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, it's like our kids, isn't it? You know, you've got kids that beg, they just look at you. It doesn't matter what you're saying, they're still expecting money. Anyone else have kids like that or just mine? Must be mine, okay. It's like, no, you're not going to get money. (laughs) Peter and John looked at him intently. Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazarene. Get up and walk. And Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was a lame beggar, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. You know, Father God wants to show us a couple of things here. And, and that first portion from verse, verse 1 to verse 3, I, I love... I love this, that Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a three o'clock prayer meeting. Peter and John, the most famous of all the disciples, took the time in their day to pray. Whenever you talk about prayer meetings, it gets really quiet. (laughs) It's like that in prayer meetings these two men John who says he was the most beloved Peter who denied Jesus but was I'm going to stand up for my Lord took the time to go to the temple to pray you know one of the prophetic words that was being called out over this house and that we were listening to yesterday is this place Mount Clear Church of Christ is a house of prayer A house of prayer. In fact, so you've got to understand there was more than one prophetic word. It was so exciting. Some of the prophetic words were actually suggesting that we would be a house of prayer that other churches, not just in the area, but other churches would actually send people to. Oh, man, we've been praying for this cancer. It's not being healed. Go to Mount Clear Church of Christ. They'll pray for you and and you'll get healed there. So that's a prophetic word spoken over our church that others would send people here to get the breakthrough that they're not getting. That doesn't mean that they'll necessarily stay here. It just means they're coming here because we're known as a house of prayer. One of the prophetic words went as far as to say that it would be a catalyst for engagement in the community. Man, I love that. I'm going to the doctors and I'm just not getting here. I'm on my third bout of antibiotics. Listen, I shouldn't say anything, but if you go to Mount Clear Church of Christ on a Sunday and they pray for you... It'll be done. Man, I can't wait. How exciting is that? Because that's what would happen in Jesus' day. Why do we want to settle for a church that has no power? There's got to be something supernatural. So maybe it just means that when we pray for someone, we need to know there's someone bigger that's actually doing the praying. But he's just using feeble old us to get the words out so someone can hear something or feel something. I love that. If these two were going to prayer, maybe, just maybe, we should go to prayer. Maybe some of the prophetic words would come to pass if we actually stepped out and fulfilled them. Maybe. What do you think? Stay at home and pray? Peter and John could have done that too. I don't like prayer meetings. Another night out. (coughs) Rip that out. Let's just do it. Why follow the Bible? Why listen to the Word of God at all? I know it's a bit challenging and I'm being cheeky, but just maybe we have to live on the edge. Just maybe, yeah? This is all of us. I don't want to give up another hour of Xbox. I hardly get any time as it is. got overflow tonight. I know God's going to move. I know he's going to move. But I'd have a ball on Xbox. I'd be killing people, be talking to friends, ministering to them, believe it or not, online. But maybe, maybe God sees a sacrifice and he honors that, yeah? And he honors the obedience in that. You know, the word for 2020 is the word reveal. He wants to, Father God wants to reveal his sons and daughters. He needs you to know that you're hidden in him. He needs you to know that wherever you go, he is with you so that he can reveal you to a world that needs you, yeah? You know, the lame man was at the temple gate as they were going to pray. Did you catch how often he was at the temple gate? Every day. He was at the temple gate every day, every single day. How did a lame man get to the temple gate every day? He didn't sleep there. Someone carried him there. Every day, someone carried him. What was the name of the person that carried him? You're right. Doesn't tell you. We've got some anonymous someone carrying a cripple man to the temple every day. It was just someone, he wasn't even a somebody. He was just a someone. I think that's cool. He or she doesn't even have a name. See, our Christianity is not about fame or fortune. It's about making Christ known. It's about God being glorified. It's about making his name great. You know, our house, Mount Clear, here is a refuge. This is a place where Father brings the broken, the disheartened. This is where he brings the discards. Yeah? That was what was coming out of yesterday. So some of you, you're broken, ha, ha, ha. So was I, and am I. Some of you are disheartened, ha, ha. So so am I. Some of you felt like discards, so did I. And this seems to be the place that God brings them, so that in this safe refuge, safe haven, he can restore men and women to their full identity as a son and daughter of God, and so he can reveal you to the world. Yeah? So every day, someone carried him to the temple. Every day, someone carried him to the house of God. Every day, someone carried him to where the presence of God was every single day. It was in that place where God's presence was that the lame man got healed. It was in that place where his presence was that he got up and he started praising God that he himself began to worship. In that place where his presence was that he got set free you know another thing that was spoken over our house yeah is that we that we're a place of his presence that we host his presence better than a lot of the churches that and I'm talking about speakers that speak in front of thousands and thousands of people that we just have this wonderful gift it doesn't make it doesn't make us better it makes us different and that's okay yeah that we have the ability to host his presence, that we have the ear of God. And in the place of hosting his presence, funnily enough, some of the words said that healing comes in that place. Isn't it funny? We've got this lame man that gets carried into a place of God's presence and in the presence of God, he gets healed. I love that. One of the prophetic words was that we would have an endless supply of his presence that's cool yeah an endless supply of his presence an endless supply of nutters talking about supernatural holy spirit things of wanting to pray for people and give prophetic words and laying flat on the ground and doing stuff that just doesn't happen in every church happens in a lot of churches You know, I said earlier that often things are, are constantly happening in our lives, are opportunities to display God to those that are around us. They're a chance for us to be someone. Yeah? Do you get it? They're a chance for us to be someone, someone like Jesus. But some of that noise around us is so loud and we can get so consumed that we actually miss the opportunity. You know, we just miss the opportunity. Well, what opportunity? Every time we have a chance to be Jesus is an opportunity. Yeah. Every time we get a chance to help and serve someone, it's an opportunity. Every moment of every day is an opportunity to be like Him, to speak like Him, to love on those that are around us, to invite people into a place of His presence. Yeah. You know, in the same way, be it church life outside of church life it makes no difference but every time we serve in some way there's an opportunity to carry someone into the temple gates yeah every time we serve there's an opportunity to carry someone into the house of god what i love about that thought is that mount clear here this is his house but it's our home and we're one family yeah Every every time we serve, there's an opportunity to carry someone where the presence of God is. Every time we serve, there's an opportunity for someone to discover the love of God through us. Sons and daughters of God that he's waiting to reveal. You know, that passage of Scripture, the someone that they talk about, he knew this. That someone knew this, totally knew this. That nameless hero that carried the lame man knew this. Because he carried that cripple every day, every single day. There's a quote by John Bevere, and John Bevere says this exactly, he goes, Jesus didn't say, whoever desires to lose his life for my sake will find it. In fact, he said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Even to be a someone, not a somebody, is a choice, yeah? It's a choice are we so caught up you and i so caught up in the business of life that we've missed what's really going on we've missed the opportunity the privilege you know when when we go to work and we help a colleague do you see it as just helping a colleague or do you see that that's an actual that's an act of carrying someone to the temple gate yeah when you go to school and you uni study and you help someone somehow some way do you just see that as that's all it is or do you actually see it as an opportunity to carry that person into the house of God yeah you know when we're at work and we help a customer is that just helping a customer or are we actually carrying someone into his presence see everything we do we do with him with us everything everything (laughs) I won't go there it's funny for me (laughs) but i'll leave that one everything we do you know when you're at school when you're at work out in the shops everything do you see yourself carrying somebody because you're a someone to the temple gates by the way that you act do you see that or is it just a simple act do you believe in the supernatural do you believe that god works through you or not what do you see You know, are we so caught up in life and the business and going through routines that we miss it? Or do we see every situation, every circumstance, every moment as an opportunity to be someone who carries somebody into the arms of God? You know, last year our theme was seeing, seeing what fathers see, seeing ourselves as he sees us. Also, this year, that he may reveal us, his sons and daughters, to the world, yeah? Every day, someone carried that crippled man. Every day, someone made the effort. Every day, someone put up with the complaining of the crippled man. Every day, someone did what they did because they could see what they were doing. And they carried the crippled to the place of freedom. Yeah, I'm on a John Bevere thing at the moment. Another quote of his is this. God wants to manifest his presence through us We are his chosen method, you're going to love this, for revealing himself to the world. I love that. What an awesome quote. Yeah? Every time we shake a hand at the front door, do you see yourself carrying the person into the temple gate or did you just shake a hand? You know, Every time you serve communion or pass the offering bag around, do you see the physical act or do you see yourself carrying someone into the house of God? What do you see in your act? A lot of it's got to do with what you believe about yourself and if you don't see or understand or god's not yet revealed who you are in him you may never see the brilliance and beauty in the single act every time you help out in kids church you pick up rubbish somewhere outside you're on the worship team you're you're doing admin for someone to help them with their finances every time we bless somebody in our sphere of influence is an opportunity for us or do we see it just as an act you know um, verse verse 3 and 6 when he saw peter and john about to enter he asked them for some money and peter and john looked at him intently and peter said look at us i, I love this thought because it just makes no sense at all when he saw peter and john when he saw them i see john and judy yeah? and he asked them for some money so peter and john it says they're now looking at him intently so they look we're looking at each other intently and then i say look at me he looking at me Does anyone else not ever read that and thought what's wrong with this picture what's wrong with the person who wrote this he just told us they were looking at each other intently and then he goes look at us you know so often in life we we have this picture that we're focused on god but we're not focused on god at all we're focused on the noise we're focused on the stuff we're focused on the problem we're focused on the issue We're focused on God. We're praying that we're not going to be as anxious. But I'm still anxious about all of this stuff. Well, stop looking at it. God's over here. And he's saying, look at me. We thought we were. But God's going, you're not. Look at me over here. Maybe some of the breakthrough that we need is just because our focus, though we believe that we're walking with the Lord, we're actually more focused on the stuff more focused on the problem more focused on things you know if we're going to look to God we need to look at him we need to be focused on him the crippled man was looking at Peter and John he saw them coming he begged for money and yet Peter it says that he looked at him intently and still said look at us I wonder how often we're looking to God but not really seeing him you know I wonder how often we're so caught up in our busyness and strife that we completely miss him. And I wonder how many times all of us need to hear Father that still small voice say, Hey, look at me. I am looking at, look at me. Look at me. Take your eyes off the fries. Look at me. How many times have we looked for him for our healing and we're more focused on the problem? You know, the crippled man begged and asked for money. Peter and John, I love it, they grab his attention and they don't give him money, they heal him. In that space they heal him because when a son and daughter of God is revealed, the answer is coming to a person's life. When you spend time with someone that's broken, they might ask you for clothes, a place to sleep, a new car, money. But if you're a son and daughter of God, you're going to bring healing to their life, healing to their circumstance, healing to the place where they really need it, Yeah. I wonder how many cripples are waiting for our audacious prayers. Hey, seriously. Like, it's too quiet. Don't do it. Oh my goodness. There's more noise in a McDonald's drive-thru. Like, how many people, how many cripples in life that aren't having victory are just waiting for our audacious prayers? They might be asking, my life would be better. If my kids were grown up, my life would be better if I had a bigger house. Life would be better if my car, my, it's a bomb. My life would be better. My life, my life, my life. But maybe all they need for us is to pray what they really need. Yeah? Who's ever. Here's the other thought for this, for me anyway. You ever spoken to someone, but you know they're, they're actually not in the conversation? You ever done that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get husbands and wives. Let's not bring it home too personal. You know, but you've spoken to someone and they're with you, but you know they're actually etching and and aching and hoping that they can escape. You ever spoken to someone like that i've probably been that person to some of you before you know someone gets me after the service on my and they go oh pastor yeah how's it going you're yeah, really good do you know what happened during the week no i don't tell me about it oh that's so good oh that's great i'll be right back yeah have i ever done that to you if i haven't i apologize now i probably will somewhere sometime soon yeah but the point is often we can have these conversations and 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 we're there but we're not focused and maybe the breakthrough for the person just needs us to be with them, present with them, you know. Maybe that's the reason that that miracle happened. It wasn't so much because they had the audacity to pray for such a thing, get up and walk, but maybe it's because they gave, they gave the cripple their full attention and they want, wanted the full attention back. Yeah, maybe it was that. Maybe you and I just need to be present with some people. You know those that we've spent time with and we feel like, you know, I just feel like they're not breaking through. I just feel like they're stuck in the same spot. Ever spent time with people like that? Come on, don't say it's not just the pastor. I'm, it's me. You might have them in your family. They could be in another church. They could be the person you sleep beside. No, they might not. Don't go there. Whatever it is, yeah. Sometimes we just need to be fully engaged, yeah, so that God's heart can be spoken, and God's heart brings peace. The love of God actually sets and covers a multitude of sin you know because of the blood that was shed maybe we just need to be fully aware and present in the moment so that someone can get their healing just a thought just a thought you know i love peter and john because it takes a man or woman of god that are full of faith and in tune with father to know what we really need and seriously i don't think we often know what we really need you know i know we got wants, and we think we have a need but I can only hope and pray that, that in the hour that I'm with a man or woman of God asking for prayer, I just pray that they know what I really need. I might ask for money, but I'm praying that I'll have a Peter and John that say, yeah, I don't have that for you, but here, let me give you something else, what I really need. See, Father wants to reveal things to us. He wants to reveal things you know, in you for those around you. He wants to reveal strongholds in your life. And strongholds in, that are in other people's lives so they can be torn down. But it all depends on where you stand. It all depends on how you see yourself. As Christians, we're the someone's that carry people to the temple, to the church, to a family, where they can find his presence and be healed. That might be in your, you know, kitchen, dining room, lounge room, front porch, local coffee shop. Could be any of those places. Peter and John are totally in tune. They're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And while on their way to worship, they unleash, they totally unleash this supernatural presence of God that heals a crippled man. We read it and think, wow, that would have been cool. You know, they're just walking along going to to pray. Oh, there's a crippled man. You want money? We don't have money. Look at that. We're pastors. We're broke. Listen, but what? We're going to give you so much better than that. Just look at me for a minute. Get up and walk. Good on you. Have a great day. Yeah, and they get on with their life. But this guy's like, oh my goodness, I can walk. I've got legs. Oh, my stomach bounces. I can walk. Oh, look at this. This is awesome. Oh! And he runs and he chases them into the temple to praise God. They unleashed his supernatural presence there. The whole. And you know what? We have that living inside of us. I want to live that life. Yeah, I'm not sharing this stuff saying, come on, you guys, you have to get better. You, you've got to do this better. You whip, whip, stone, stone, whip, whip. Oh, come on, Ali. Oh, come on, Anna, whoever it is, you know, come on, Nick. I'm not here whipping you. I'm whipping me at the same time, you know, like I want us to experience what's real. Because if that's not real, if that's not tangible, if that's not for now, what a waste of faith we're supposed to be supernatural naturally supernatural that's why the pictures that we have have a supernatural lean to them without a practical outworking because we need to learn to live in that space you can only do what father reveals and this is the word for us You know, John 5, 19 says, So Jesus explained, I'll tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Peter and John only did what was revealed to them by the father. We need to have a fresh revelation that we're safe in his arms and that he's going to be praying with us. He's going to be walking with us. One of the greatest enemies of the church, yeah, is comfort. One of the greatest enemies of the church is safety. Yet a church is a place of safety, but it's in a place of safety. We can become really complacent, yeah. And I think God wants to do something in us today that shifts that. For some of us, he wants to move the footings, your footings. My footings. He doesn't want you to be too comfortable. Yeah. Because he wants a shift. Because if we're supposed to be his children, his heirs, co heirs, citizens of heaven, every time we speak, we release eternity into the atmosphere. Yeah. Peter and John, they released eternity into the atmosphere because they were present at the time. They were focused on the Lord. They had within their hearts a revelation of. Of who was walking with them. They weren't distracted by life. You know, you and I, we're game changers. We're actually atmosphere breakers. You walk into a room, your family, you could go visit family. I love my family, but there are some times I go to my mum's house and I know she's 86 and I know it's illegal for me to slap her, but I want to slap her. Snap out of it! So I've got to stop for a minute and I say a little prayer and I've got to break that atmosphere. Don't be so negative. Maybe be so critical. Oh, I've got all this pain. You're looking really, weird. oh, I've got all this pain. Yeah, I know, but what about auntie so-and-so who's in hospital? Could be worse. Seriously, I'm just putting it out there. Could be worse. I love a friend of the house, David Platt. Now, some of you may not know David. David's had what I joke about half his body taken out. Yeah. But when you see David, how are you going, David? You know what? There are people worse off than me. He just has, it doesn't matter what he's going through. Oh, they've got to take out my liver. They've got to take it. Mate, there's going to be nothing left inside there. It's, you can put a mouse with a little wheel just to keep you alive and going till your heart pumps. Yeah, but there's people out there in a worse position than me. Oh, my God loves me. I love, like he just has his attitude, yeah? That should be us. Sons and daughters of God, culture shifters. You know, if the fullness of God lives within you and me, you just might be the someone that somebody's waiting for. Really? Like, seriously? But that makes you a special someone. Because he's wanting to reveal you to a world. Remember what John Bevere said, that we're his chosen method for revealing himself to the world. He also says obedience is not about proving your love for God, it's simply what loving God looks like I love that but complacency comfort and safety in 1st Samuel 17 I won't read it but a couple of weeks ago I talked about that David and Goliath and um You've got David, this young kid, he's going up to visit his brothers because his dad told him to. We know that David gets rejected by his brother, rejected by Saul and all that sort of jazz. But while he's there, he witnesses Goliath for 40 days taunting them, taunting the Israelites, taunting the army. And in that time, in that month and a half almost, every day the Israelites got up, showered, put on their armour, went out to the battle lines, hung out there, and then they went back. I, don't, I just want to put this out there. I think they were comfortable. I don't think they wanted to fight. I think they were in a nice, happy place of complacency. Let's just go out there. Unless King Saul goes, let's just chill out. Oh, look at the Philistines. Oh, They're ugly. Wow, look at that giant. I wonder if anyone's going to go. Are you going to go? john are you gonna go no i'm not gonna go what about you but no i'm gonna go why do you go oh, we should do you reckon we should nah let somebody else do it let's just be comfortable david comes and goes this is ridiculous what's wrong with you people stir something up well we're comfortable and there's a little bit of fear there look at the size of him he's a monster looks like andrew Battistella. no way i don't want to take on that giant But David, <laughs> David wasn't going to deal with comfort. See, the Israelites were stopped from moving forward by, the, uh, by that trap of comfort, complacency, ease. You know, the giant was calling the shots, he was dictating their lives. Goliath would come out every single morning and evening and shake and rattle and roar, yeah. And they'd be like, "No, nah, too dangerous." uncomfortable. Not going to do it. Not going to fight him. Let's go have lunch. Let's go back to the tents. And I just think that you and I, we can act the same way today. We have our churches and we have our battle cries. And there's an entire camp of us that love to hang out together and do coffee and that's all okay. But we're in comfort. And some of us have got giants that are taunting us. Some of us have got people that need us to be a someone, to pick them up, to carry them into the temple, into the presence of God. But we're not stepping into all we can be, a someone, because we aren't willing to step away from our sense of control or our sense of comfort, really. We won't accept the challenge to move out with God into what he's calling you know, the picture we tend to miss in the story of David and Goliath is that the, this little brother comes on the scene and he did in one day what the three older brothers and the whole army of Israel couldn't do in 40. In one day, he did it, yeah. They'd been wavering, they'd been comfortable, they'd held them back. David shows up and goes, this is nuts. This is going to end today. And he does. He becomes someone that carries the entire nation of Israel into the presence of God. He was a nobody. He wasn't even in the lineup to be a king. Didn't even make it to the ranks of somebody. He was a nobody. And yet that day he became a someone that carried a whole army into the presence of God. That day God revealed a son of God. And God wants to reveal the sons and daughters of God in us. You know? What does that all mean? means you don't have to be a somebody you just have to be a someone i think we should want to be a someone It means that we don't have to be a somebody you just have to be someone to carry the cripple you don't have to be a somebody you just have to be a someone to heal the cripple and if it wasn't a somebody that carried the cripple we need to realize that that means you don't need to be special you don't need to be a leader in a business at a school in a church you just need to be someone yeah When Peter and John healed the cripple on their way to worship God, they were just someone that did what they knew the Father wanted them to do. You know, faith thrives in discomfort. I'm going to um, ask us to stand. Actually, before we do that, we're going to play a little video, and then I'm going to open the altar because God wants to do something. He wants to shift something for us because we need to move this place of comfort. Some of you are thinking, "Oh, I'm not really. That doesn't. That doesn't work for me." that that doesn't speak to me today comfort can be fear comfort can be complacency comfort can be it's okay for them and it's not for me see sometimes those things need to shift and move in our life so that we can step into a place where we can be a someone and have breakthrough yeah because somebody else's breakthrough is waiting for yours and until you break through they're going to remain broken that's the truth of life but i want you to watch this for a moment and then we're going to then we're going to pray and do some worshiping.
1: This year as a a Bethel music family, a few days before Christmas, most of you guys probably were a part of this miracle, but we watched um, Joel and Janie Taylor's little son, Jackson. And he was a few days before Christmas, airlifted to intensive care. And we began to fight for Jackson's life. How many of you guys joined in that? Fight and that symphony of prayer that rose up for a little boy. And a couple couple weeks into the fight, we got a text one night from Joel that they weren't sure if he was gonna make it through the night. And as soon as I heard and read the message, it was like this giant of unbelief stood in front of me. And I just I just thought, Jackson's gonna die tonight. We're not gonna see the miracle. And as this giant stood in front of me, all of a sudden, out of my gut, this song started coming out right in the face of the giant. that giant was looking at us, I knew he was going to regret the day he ever pointed his sword at Jackson. Just as Goliath pointed his sword at David, the sword Goliath pointed at David became the sword the little boy picked up and took the giant's head off with. And as we watched this miracle happen in Jackson's body, it was like this giant of unbelief was falling. And our community just began to sing this song. It was just one note in the symphony of prayer rising for his life.
0: So I want to teach it to you this morning. Thanks, Ross.
1: I'm
0: going to ask the worship team to come up to sing that song. See, for some of us, it's not a, a giant per se that is an illness. For some of us, it's just simply comfort. For some of you, the giant, yeah, could be complacency. But all I know is that we need to learn how to fight. We need to know that if we're in trouble, if we're hurting, if we're in despair, if we're not feeling love, that we are hidden in the wings of the Almighty God, that he will comfort us in all times. But we also need to know that people, they're waiting for you and I to be someone. They're not waiting for you to be Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> You'll become more like him every day. They just want you to be someone. And the someone carried the cripple man. So, as they sing, can I ask everyone to stand? <laughs> We're going to raise a hallelujah in the presence of your enemy, yeah? You're going to raise a hallelujah in the presence of the one that stops you being a someone. Just start singing, guys, when you're ready. And this is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask, and this is going to sound weird. If you want to be able to be the someone, I want you to stand on this side. You want to be someone. You want the ability. You want the courage. You want the faith to be able to heal the crippled man, to carry him into the temple. But maybe, maybe you're a person that doesn't yet know that you're hidden in the wings of Christ. Maybe you've got some insecurity and doubt. Maybe you don't know Jesus. This isn't a time where we look to each other and we, we go, oh, they're this and they're that. If you just need to know that you are hidden in Him, you need to experience His comfort, I want you to stand on this side. Because there's something that we're going to do in prayer. Use this opportunity to become a someone, to step into a place where you can. Do it now. While they they sing, raise a hallelujah. Because we need to have things revealed so the sons and daughters of God can be revealed. Amen. the stage if you have to, it doesn't matter. Oh, I raise out. a
2: hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. Use the stage. Use the front. I raise a hallelujah.
0: has to happen make sure this stays up really loud Ross so that I don't have to yell okay I want to hold this here but for those of you that are at the front here I just want you to lay your hands on somebody and we're going to continue to sing but I want you to picture this because while you're praying it's the lion of Judah that's praying with you and through you amen yeah can you see it you've got to be able to see it do I need to hold it up Maybe hold it up Stephen if you can. You need to be able to see that. And then over here I'm going to pray for the people that need to discover the comfort of God, yeah? It doesn't mean that these people are any different. It's just you're ready to step out. You're ready to be a someone. But this person here needs a someone. This person here needs to know that when someone comes alongside of them, that's actually God that's with them, amen. Let's keep singing. Keep raising a hallelujah. Keep raising faith. We have the ear of God in this house. Come on. Sing a little life. someone who who has a, a sickness in their body you've got a, if you've got a sickness in your body i want you to come over here just because there's space yeah where's ray come on dude they're, they're saying that you got bone cancer what a load of crock can you bring this picture for those of you that have just been singing this song and praying this is what we're about to do i want you to come you yeah the ministry of the body of believers it's not the ministry of Andrew Battistella yeah it's not the ministry of the worship team but I want you to go over find out what it is that they need prayer for and just remember that this is the guy that's praying with you go and pray don't be chickens move in the supernatural and we're going to keep worshipping pray with them release it's time to be someone it's time to be someone it's time to be someone. People are wondering what's wrong with this pastor. Nothing. It's time to be someone. You know, while we were worshipping today, young John Kellogg here said that he was worshipping and normally he sees things, but he couldn't see Jesus. He goes, I was worshipping and I couldn't see Jesus, but then I felt his presence. I knew he was there. I just, I need to share that with you that I just felt his presence come. Yeah. We have the ear of God. And as His children, we have the responsibility to be a someone to a somebody. Because where we go, we bring them into the presence of God. Amen. Mark this day in your calendar for those that are praying and receiving prayer. Mark this day as a day that will be a significant shift in your life, physically and spiritually. Where God's begun to do a healing and He will not stop. He will. He's a good God that will continue to finish the work He started in you. Amen. Yes, please. And Grace, what's your painting?
3: So this week has been back to back really busy. And I made, God told me earlier in the year that I needed to paint once a month. And I'd let this go. Don't you go away. Um and and I hadn't anyway all of that is background to we got to last night and I didn't have an image and and then I kind of got sort of one yesterday and this morning I got up and I thought oh my goodness this is just going to not it's just and 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 my whole thing is about excellence if you're going to do it it's got to you know so there's a a human strengthy kind of thingy there but this it's called piercing the darkness i didn't know andrew was going to preach about the supernatural this morning i didn't i really thought this painting was going to tank there's an angel he is an angel god told me to make his face turquoise
2: do with it what you will
3: but i know
2: we've had angels this morning
1: I just wanted to share that I can hear God roaring through all these prayers. Come
0: on. Now, our God's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, He's alive. Our God is alive.
2: hands that we know.